For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Fellow Falcoholics, what is up? Welcome to episode one, uh, not one anymore, it's 204 of the Falcoholic Live. I am your host, Kevin Knight, at Falcoholic Kevin on the Twitters, coming to you slightly late this evening. Thank you for your patience. I got the opportunity to do a radio spot, so if you happen to live in the uh, Utah market, it's possible that you heard me on a Utah Sports Radio. Uh, they wanted to know about Tyler Algier. Obviously, I'm happy to oblige. If you are in radio and you're interested in having me come on, I will. I will do it. You know, I will definitely go on the radio. I enjoy talking to most radio people. You know, there's some. If you try to get me with your hot take stuff, you know, I, I can't be got. So, you know, don't try any of that. Try any of that stuff. But yeah, no. Honestly, I've been on a lot of very fun radio shows. I enjoy it, so happy to, to be a guest whenever folks need it. Let me crack this beer real quick, and we will jump right into the takes on day six of Falcons training camp right here, guys. So cheers. All right, let's jump in. Before we get going, want to give a shout-out to Ro Staxon with the $20 donation. Thank you so much, Ro. Really appreciate that. Uh, thank you or thanks for the great content you're welcome uh just really appreciate that support guys uh you guys have raised 331 dollars so far there has been other contributions some of you tipped on venmo and stuff like that so the uh, the fundraiser bar only shows what's been donated on Streamlabs. but i think everything all considered we're at around 400 dollars, which is almost all of the 500 i was hoping to raise so i really really appreciate it uh there will be one, there's tonight, and then there's one more opportunity, so if you want to get me to the 500, you know, that's very kind of you, um, I certainly won't, like, end up in the poorhouse or anything, like, it's not that serious, but it really does help so that it doesn't come out of my pocket, uh, you know, my spending money, um, but again, like, I'm happy to do it either way, I, I do appreciate everyone who's contributing, but again, the, the economy is what it is, we all know what it is, right, the, it's, it's not great, uh, money's tight, you know, and, and I get it. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I also accept, like I said, I accept, uh, likes and subscribes. So that is also a, a form of, of YouTube currency that I'm happy to accept. So thank you guys. Uh, and uh, if you're interested in donating the, the link to the donation is in the show description. It's streamlabs.com slash the tip. 
You can do that anytime, even when the show's not live. Like with Roast Accent, if you do that while the show's off air, it'll show up in my feed and I'll be able to read it off. Um, and it does go into all the coffers. Like eventually I might have like a leaderboard or whatever. Obviously, you know, George Costanza is like in the lead by like so much. So it's a little unfair, but you know, at some point I might actually do the leaderboard like the Twitch streamers do or whatever too. But, um, you know, <laughs> Corey, those 5 PM shows are tough. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, uh, I was trying to meet, uh, Adnan for dinner. So, you know, I, I had to make an exception to an early show so we could, so Adnan and I could, could have our dinner and, you know, plot grand treason and stuff like that. Um, you know, just light conversation for the most part. Uh, but yeah, guys, uh, today today was a great practice. Not quite as good as Saturday. Saturday Saturday was probably the best practice I've ever seen at a foot like at the Falcons facility. Like it was awesome. It was lit. Like there was every. I felt like every drill was good. There were like a bunch of good shots. Uh, and today is like I think a, a, a sec- good second. You know, a good second uh, in in the tiers of the Falcons practices so far. And it makes sense, right? Like, statistically, and I think Arthur Smith even mentioned this today, like, um, statistically, the most injuries happen on, like, the first couple days of your, like, right after the rest day is the most likely day for guys to to get hurt. Unfortunately, we did experience that today in Atlanta, but, you know, they, they do it intentionally. Like, they... You know, the first day of camp was a slow warm-up sort of day. That makes perfect sense. The first day in pads, same thing. Coming off a rest day, you know, take it easy, warm up, get used to the pads, get used to a little bit more contact, that sort of thing. And then now on day two, they they ramped it up. They did a lot more teamwork. We finally got to see some one-on-ones uh, of the offensive and defensive lines. Literally the first time it was visible. Uh, I mean, you could maybe make it out if you had binoculars before, but uh, good luck. Like, good luck. Uh, definitely couldn't film anything before so that was nice i appreciate that um i'm hoping we'll get some more good stuff tomorrow which will be my last day um and i'm I'm sad to leave but again like it's uh it's been great it's been a whirlwind you know i i i don't know if i could like keep this this pace up if i was here for like a whole month doing this you know so i i don't know if if i could like keep up this high standard if i was here for too too much longer but um you know, it's certainly for a week I can do it. Maybe maybe two weeks. Well, we'll see how far we can push it next year, I guess. But, uh, yeah. Uh, so far, good practice. Like, I, I, this was, this maybe was the most evenly matched of the practices, I would say, in terms of neither the offense or the defense had, like, a strong advantage overall. I would say they were pretty evenly matched, which I, what I think, I think that's sort of what you want to see. And, honestly, like, the way the training camp has gone, it's sort of been back and forth day to day, too. So, Overall, like that, ma- that makes me not concerned. I guess about like, oh, the offense is going to be good and the defense sucks, or vice versa. Like, I think, I mean, I guess there's always the chance that like they're both bad, right? So, yeah, <laughs> I guess there's always that dark timeline, right, where everything is bad. But we're not going to entertain that now. This is the preseason, okay? Like, this is this is training camp of preseason. Hope springs eternal, right? So we're gonna uh, assume that actually it means that both sides of the ball are pretty solid. And even with a new, and I think it's even more impressive with a new quarterback in here, two new quarterbacks, that the offense isn't struggling. I mean, look around the league. You'll hear about offenses struggling everywhere. Like, it's, it's everywhere. It's happening. I mean, the new faces in the offense is basically either new coordinators or new quarterbacks or whatever. It's very commonplace, especially early. And the Falcons really didn't experience that. And I think that's credit to not only Mariota and Ritter, but also to the coaching staff. And, you know, it, um, certainly it has something to do with, Mariota being familiar with the scheme from his time in Tennessee, but even that doesn't always carry over. So, um, it's been, 
it's been impressive uh, how how much the offense has sort of been able to weather the storm and not just get dusted by the defense. And they bounced back because yesterday the defense really owned it. Like they owned the line of scrimmage. They they dominated. The coverage, of course, is good. The coverage has been good always. Um, so especially the first team coverage, it's you can tell it's really good. Um, today was more back and forth, which was good. It was good for the clips. It was good for the competition. And we I'll start it off here in just a second um, with the uh the the final part of practice which was the two minute i called it the two like two minute two two down drill or whatever is what i'm going to refer to it as so they there's two minutes on the clock the offense is you know simulated to be down two points so a field goal will win the game so the defense knows they have to prevent the field goal the offense knows they just have to get a field goal they start it they get like the 20 like it's like it's simulating like a touchback or something so they have they have a long way to go to get the field goal but they just need a field goal and that's a little bit easier probably than like you need a touchdown like you probably you might not want to jump like right into that like that would be a very like that's very high stakes very difficult for the offense to to succeed in that scenario so i think going for the field goal is a little bit more fair i think that was a good idea um so it was very evenly matched i thought um i thought i thought both sides of the ball played well um and let me hold on one second i'm just gonna send out i forgot to send out the promo tweet so i'm gonna i'm gonna do that real quick uh bear with me here for one second like also make sure my laptop's fans are uh kicking so this thing doesn't just melt down uh yeah it's already at it's already at 85 degrees celsius so we're we're gonna i'm gonna have to turn up the uh the fans here (laughs) this thing gets hot it's a beast uh shout out to asus for this uh asus g14 this laptop is is a a total beast and i love it to death but this thing gets hot i mean it's thin and it's (laughs) it needs to be propped up on something so that it can vent uh and it's getting it's getting spicy under there so yeah you know you don't want your computer components running at 85 z 85 you know degrees celsius guys it's that's not uh good that's that's too hot you know 70s is workable 85 way too much so give that a second to cool down i'll send this one tweet i'll be right back uh give me just 10 seconds here guys yeah if you guys have any questions or whatever throw those in the chat i'll try to get to some of those throughout as well hope if i didn't misspell everything because i'm trying to type too fast that would be good probably help if i wasn't talking at the same time because then i have to like think of what i'm going to write and talk differently sure Make sure to add the Falcoholic so Dave remembers to retweet. You gotta make sure to do that, you know. When are you gonna when are you gonna give me control of the, the Falcoholics Twitter account, Dave? You know, I'm too big time now. It's I'm gonna I'm gonna hostile takeover the Falcoholics Twitter and just retweet my own stuff pretty soon. So, you know. Your days are numb. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love Dave. Dave is Dave is terrific. Like, you guys I, I might say, you know, things about corporate and various things but dave cho is a saint dave cho is an amazing boss and i love dave cho to death so I, w- I will never say anything bad about hashtag dave me um the way he is on the show exactly exactly how he is interacting with as a boss so um yeah so that uh getting back to the competitive two minute two up two down he's not a saint like literally like a new orleans saint that would be disgusting that would not work at all so that you know we we, that's how you know that's not gonna work but (laughs) um so yeah to close out practice there was a fully simulated i like to call it a two minute two down drill 
that I don't know exactly. They probably call it a two minute drill or whatever, but you're down two. You have to kick a field goal to win. You start after like a touchback or a punt or something. They simulate that. Um, so, uh, the first team, you know, it, it was very it, like both. Honestly, they did a first team series and a second team series. Mariota was quarterbacking the first team. Desmond Ritter was quarterbacking the second team. Um, the first team, it was it was very back and forth. Like uh, Mariota, as you would like, if I had Kyle Pitts on my team, this is exactly what I would do. Uh, Mariota immediately threw to Kyle Pitts twice. Like Kyle Pitts for like eight yards, then like Kyle Pitts for like twenty yards, and that was like okay, we're cooking. Like the Falcons were at like the fifty yard line, um, like fifty sixty, like fifty to the forty of the oppose of, of the opponent. Like those two plays put the offense in great position, and then they had like a minute thirty or so left. To, to get it done so that was immediately very successful uh the defense fought right back though uh it was like i think aj terrell uh just totally locked up drake london uh on the next play and then Mar- mariota tried to hit alameda zacchaeus like deep for what may maybe was going to be close it would have been in the red zone certainly if if alameda came down with it uh did, wasn't quite i can't remember if if it was a llama day that was a little bit off or the ball was a little bit off, but it was incomplete. I think it was, it, I'm sure it was good coverage too. So I don't, I don't remember exactly what happened, but it was incomplete. Um, and then, so then it was, we're looking at third down. Uh, Mariota hits Demir bird for a quick pass and he's able to get some like yards after the catch, get the first down. And that play put them in like long field goal range. Um, and then, the next play, they had, they were tra- uh, they they left they let the clock run after that point. So they let the clock run down. Then they threw to Cameron Batson. Uh, Mariota hit Cameron Batson for like another six yards or so, and then they were at about the fifty yard field goal range approximately. Um, and so then they just wound the clock down and timed out. And then that was that was like where they were. They would have kicked the field goal. They didn't actually like do the field goal, which I was disappointed in. I wanted to see Koo, you know. But uh, yeah, with with Young Way Koo, that fifty yard field goals extremely high percentage for him that's that's one of the benefits of having him with Q so I think I think we could chalk that up as a W for the offense but it wasn't it wasn't easy the defense did make it difficult but I think Mariota executed extremely well extremely um effectively uh so that was impressive good job by the offense the defense I think was totally respectable there um that was just a really good series by by Mariota and they had Kyle Pitts see that's you know kind of (laughs) unfair um second team Honestly, it was very exciting as well. Desmond Ritter came in, and I mean, you could tell, you could tell, like Desmond Ritter, this is like one of his first times running like a high stakes situation in the NFL, like ever. Even though it's training camp, like he's a little bit, he's a little bit jittery. It was, you could tell, it was a little bit more frenetic for him. He wasn't quite as comfortable as Mariota, which is not at all surprising. It's completely understandable for a rookie on his sixth day of training camp that he's not as sharp as a like six year veteran in Marcus Mariota. Um, but he was like, he, he had to deal with it. Like the defense got some good pressure. They forced some incompletions and pretty quickly Ritter found himself in like a fourth and I think it was like a fourth and two or three. Um, like they'd gotten like a a completion and then they had two incompletions. Um, so it, it it was tough and, and, but Ritter did get one completion to get it into a a fourth and short going up at the fourth down. Ritter hit it. Like, he hit Stanley Berryhill, who credit to Berryhill. He's been very good. Uh, he was able to get a quick hitter to Stanley Berryhill and avoid some pressure to pick up the fourth down, keep it going. Um, the next the next set of downs, uh, it was actually looking pretty good, but they I think they had a hold or a false start or something. It, it put them in the third and long, essentially, after they were looking pretty promising. And that really threw the drive off, as usually does, of course. Um, 
Now there was, you know, there was some heroics late, uh, like, like Desmond Ritter did hit Felipe Franks, tight end quarterback extraordinaire for a long catch, like a 15 yard catch. It just wasn't quite enough for the first down. So they were in fourth and short again with like, it was like six seconds up in the clock. So they basically had to go for the touchdown, uh, six seconds with like no timeouts left. So, um, you know, Ritter did go, well, they had a little bit more, they might've had one more timeout so they did call timeout with six seconds left and they had one more in the pocket so Ritter did hit Cameron Badson like on target on fourth down uh near the 20 so like this was a great play Batson I think was was flagged for OPI there was a flag on the offense I didn't see the push off but Batson was flagged for what I believe was offensive pass interference so they you know, the, they just sort of marked that up as the offense lost that one because then they were going to be facing, like, fourth and 16 or something um, with, like, three seconds left. And it, that, that just wasn't going to happen. So, um, but again, like, so the defense won the second team. Offense won first team, and it was close. The defense won second team. And honestly, like, it, it was, like, close. You know, if, if Batson doesn't push off, like, I mean, he did come down with the ball. He got clobbered by Eric Harris. That was the first full tackle I've seen all camp. I don't I don't know if that was allowed, to be honest. But, uh Harris came flying in and clobbered him, and he he held on to it. So credit to Batson for that. But there was some sort of offensive pass interference that I didn't see um, that ended that. But again, like this is what I would like to see. Like like Ritter doing this in a two minute drill on day six of training camp, and this was not just like Jabroni third fourth string, you know, guys. Like Ritter was playing with a mix of starters and backups, just like Mariota. Mariota played against entirely starters. I think Ritter played against second string. So there was like a mix of starters and, and sort of reserve guys in there. Um, and like, you know, like Eric, Eric Harris was a starter for us last year, for instance. Cameron Batson's a veteran. It wasn't like he had only UDFA guys out there helping him. But uh, it was good. I, I I thought it was good. I, I enjoyed it. It was fun. The energy was high. And these guys like they they played hard uh there was a lot of it was very competitive i enjoyed i enjoyed that that final period i would like to see more of that it was it felt like a game like you know it was like oh yeah like this is cool i can do like a play-by-play of this practice which is which is fun like everybody enjoys that there weren't a lot of fans there today i mean it's tuesday and it looked like it was gonna rain so i mean i don't blame them um there were certainly some probably like 100 fans or something but uh it was a good show uh and it was it was illuminating it's nice to see like let's put you in this high pressure situation like it's one thing at camp when you've got all the time in the world you know the play you know what's going on it's different when it's like we got to go no huddle we have two minutes to score let's do this um so props to both Ritter and and Mariota and both defenses uh for for I think doing a very good job and, and giving me a lot of hope so far um so that was the beginning there um you know overall it was back and forth, just like that period between the offense and the defense. Um, I would say the offense has had a lot more success throwing the ball uh, than they have running it. I will say that, and I was telling the uh, Utah station this, like of the running backs with pads on, one has looked good, and that is Tyler Algier. Um, Tyler Algier has been the one that looks good, and that's not surprising considering when the pads went on, it was like that was Algier's time to shine, like him like he's not going to be jitterbugging it up back there with avery williams you know this is not a shot at williams he was very impressive like in his pass catching stuff and those those early reps without pads but like algier wasn't going to stand out next to avery williams with no pads and no tackling and no any of that um i have that rep oh yeah that rep isn't isn't wasn't able to be recorded unfortunately i mean the falcons like account might put it up 
because they can record whenever they want. Uh, but it was 11 on 11, uh, so we, we couldn't see it, sadly. But yeah, uh, Algier absolutely trucked Nate Landman um, for like a big gain. It, it was nice. It was it was nice. It was nice. So Algier, so far, he's been the, the best guy in pads. Now now that I think about it, and I haven't even tweeted this out, so this is exclusive. I, I don't think I saw Damian Williams today. I don't remember seeing a play with him involved. Now, that may not be entirely accurate, but I don't remember any clips with him. So I don't know what the situation is there, but this is, you know, breaking news here on the pod for you guys. I, I didn't, I don't remember seeing Damian Williams. So it's possible he's a little bit banged up. Um, or maybe it was a rest day for him. Or maybe they just were giving reps to other guys because we've seen a lot of Damian Williams so far. I don't know. But um, so far, Algier, I think, has, has looked pretty good. Uh, the other, we did see some, some one-on-ones. I'm sure you guys have seen, obviously, the... <laughs> the infamous Jalen Mayfield versus uh, Derek Tangelo uh, rep on my on my Twitter, and I apologize to Derek for misspelling his last name as Derek Teneglo, uh, which is, I mean, that's this kind of an interesting last name if it was Teneglo, but I, I like Tangelo better. I think it evokes like a fruit sort of thing, you know, and I think that's that's nice. Um, but uh, yeah. Mayfield, you know, you hate to see it. You know, you hate to see it for every reason. Like, I didn't want to bury Mayfield like that, but I, I knew immediately when I took that that clip that I had to post it. <laughs> I had to post it. And so, uh, you know, what is that one meme? It's like, oh, man, they're they're beating you in the in the, the quote retweets. Uh, that's exactly what happened. So, like, Mayfield, it's nothing personal. And it's really sad because, like, they only got one one-on-one. And people are like, why are they only getting one? It's like there's... 90 guys on the roster they're given they gave everyone a one-on-one in that session it was so that's like 30 one-on-ones basically i mean it was a lot of one-on-ones um you know notwithstanding various other positions but you know like 20 30 one-on-ones in in quick succession they don't have a chance to like literally give everyone multiple reps like there's not enough time for that they'll give them more reps over the course of camp but yeah i mean the technique was obviously bad it was a bad rep by him and then we we saw and to give credit to derek tangelo like he he did a great job against Drew Dahlman, too, who I think played it with better technique. So I think maybe Derek Tangelo is just good. Um, you know, he was a he was a pretty solid college player for someone who went undrafted. I think the, the production was not bad. Um, just a little undersized, sort of like a Grady Jarrett sort of type. Um, I like Tangelo. Um, so I, I don't think that Tangelo is like a bad player just because he's undrafted. So don't necessarily be like, oh, this is some nobody. This is some bad guy. I don't think any of the undrafted guys and Falcons camp really have looked like awful or like, Oh, this guy can't cut it. So like props to them. I think they brought in a competitive group certainly. Um, but yeah, Tangelo, Tangelo got the better of, of Mayfield, Andrew Dahlman. So, so props to him. Um, the, the offensive line did bounce back. There were some guys that did a great job. I didn't get to, rec- it was like the first one-on-one. It was, uh, Arnold Ebicati versus Jermaine Effetti. Like I had to run over from the other field cause they like moved everyone over, um, so I like, I didn't get in position in time to take it, but, um, if Eddie pretty much stonewalled Ebicati, so that was a good rep by Effetti for sure. Um, Matt Hennessy stopped Jalen Dalton. I think he did a good job on that. Um, and then Colby Gossett one-on-one blocked, uh, Timmy Horn, who's a nose tackle, which that's very impressive. Um, like it's rare that you have to block a nose tackle one-on-one generally the center and the guard sort of one of the guards and the center sort of usually take the nose tackle. So, that's impressive for Gossett to be able to handle Horn one on one. So so props to him. It was like if you watched any of my Senior Bowl clips, watching um, I think it was a uh, 
uh, Travis Jones, the nose tackle, like just destroying Cole Strange, the center that the Patriots took in the first round, by the way, uh, one-on-one. And it's like, well, like, yes, that was embarrassing, but like Cole Strange is never going to be asked to block a 350-pound nose tackle like Travis Jones one-on-one. It's just not going to happen. But So it's not really fair. It makes a great clip, certainly, but um, keep that context in mind. Nose tackle versus defensive tackle is very different for a one-on-one. You generally don't have to block nose tackles one-on-one. So for whatever that's worth. Um, in coverage, you know, Kyle Pitts, amazing. I mean, it was just not fair. It was like Kyle Pitts, one-on-one against Michael Walker. It just like, you could, it's just sad. Like, and I, I don't mean this is slight against Walker. Like people are like, oh, he only runs a four, six, five. Like that's fast for a linebacker. <laughs> like, I don't know if you realize that like, that like for a tight end, like running in the four sixes would be like a 90th percentile speed for most tight ends and like linebacker. It's not quite, I'll, I'll look it up. We'll look up Michael Walker's RAS real quick, just because I got that page open already. Um, you know, just so you guys know, like, Michael Walker is an 815 RAS. This is an 81st percentile athlete. His 465 is, like, an 80th percentile 40 for a linebacker. So, like, people are like, oh, he runs a 465. No wonder he got dusted. Like, that's not slow for a linebacker. That's not slow at all. Like, that is fast for a linebacker. Uh... Kyle Pitts is just a freak of nature in the best possible way. Like it, and it's, it's not fair. It is not fair. What I want against a linebacker at all. Um, he did the same thing to Rayshon Evans. Now to, to give Walker credit in a short area rep, uh, he did manage to break up a pass for Kyle Pitts. Um, and he covered that well. And I think that linebackers might have a little bit more success covering Pitts and like short stuff because they can use their size to, to get in the way of those throws a little bit more, and, and Pitts can't quite get the same separation. But um, Kyle Pitts is a cheat code, uh, and he's he's absurd. Uh, just absurd. It, it's Watch those clips. Like it, It's just like Kyle Pitts, it's just like he doesn't even – it's like he's just out there jogging, and Michael Walker's full sprint after him, and Pitts is gaining steps every time he takes a stride. I mean, it, it's, it's insane. Kyle Pitts is a truly special, special player. Um, and we'll have to see, you know, long-term if it's like, oh, does Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence or any, like, does Justin Fields basically, like, become this big star quarterback? Because if he doesn't, it's, I think we're going to look back and be like, well, you know, maybe Fontenot was right. <laughs> maybe Fontenot was right about this Kyle Pitts character uh, being worth that fourth overall pick. I think so far the uh, the year one certainly wasn't as flashy as Jamar Chase, but you have to look at the context, too. I, I think we'll look back at Kyle Pitts being the best player possibly in the in the 2021 20, draft. So that's my hot take. Um, and I think I think Trevor Lawrence could be very good, but he's trapped in Jacksonville, you know? So that, I think, always is going to cap your ceiling, unfortunately. Jamar Chase is really good. Like, Pitts has to catch up to Chase, who, who is very good. But I think Pitts is the most unique, certainly, of all those guys. But that, that doesn't have anything to do with uh, training camp, other than that Pitts has continued to be awesome. But... Um, let's see. Let me forget to all my notes. Yeah, we did have, uh, some, some defensive turnover action today we're going to get to. There were definitely some standouts on defense today, other than the defensive line guys. Um, cornerback Casey Hayward hasn't, name hasn't come up a ton so far, which honestly is good, right? You don't necessarily want to call a defensive back's name all the time usually means they're either screwing up or they're getting picks or pass breakups but that has a lot to, more to do with how much you're targeted 
Casey Ira hasn't really been targeted much. Today he was targeted. Um, he had he did get a a pick off of Demir Bird. I say Demir Bird and not Marcus Mariota because the throw was good. <laughs> the throw was right to Demir Bird. Demir Bird bobbled it. Demir Bird hasn't had that problem throughout camp. I don't think it's a consistent thing, so don't bury Bird or anything like that. But Bird bobbled it. Hayward was right behind him, grabbed the ball. Um, so that was impressive. Um, obviously, A.J. Terrell, been awesome. Uh, I haven't talked about him a lot because it's sort of like expected that he's awesome. It's just one of those things. Um, but he did have some great reps today. Um, you know, he, he dominated Demir Bird. He dominated in the 11-on-11. He was matched up with Drake London. He pretty much shut him down um, in that final, you know, two-minute, two two-down drill. He, he pretty much shut him down. Um, and, uh, D Alford was the other guy today. I know he got postered by Drake London a couple days ago. Um, but I would say D Alford has been of the depth corners, the best, certainly. Um, there was a rep where he like had to, had to sort of trail Cameron Batson downfield and Cameron Batson runs at four, three, five that we know. Um, and he was step for step with them. He, he broke it up. It was a great, it was a great play. Um, he also had a pass breakup against Frank Darby. So D. Alford, I think is certainly making his case for being like that fifth or sixth. Well, I guess it would be like the sixth corner, maybe the fifth corner. Um, I think so far he's made the clearest case certainly for being that guy. Um, you know, CFL standout, he does have that professional experience too. A little more experience than, than some of these UDFA guys. Um, and I think he, I think it's interesting with the CFL, right? Because these guys, like they, they do have that, like, like uh, D. Alford was one of the best quarterbacks in the CFL, so he's got that swagger of a top quarter, a top cornerback. Um, despite never playing the NFL, he he plays that way and he plays with that level of confidence. And I think it's it's rare to see that from a guy who's trying to make a roster. Like you don't see that level of swagger and confidence usually from guys that aren't like draft picks or guys that aren't veterans or whatever, because they, they're trying to make their, the team in their first NFL camp and all this. And it doesn't, it's hard to have that level of confidence in yourself. Like these guys all think that they can make it and then they're confident, but it's another thing to play with that level of swagger. And, and D Alford does like, um, so you I think that's, that's partially owed to him being like a CFL all-star being this guy that was a star at a lesser level of competition, but it was a professional level and it was recent. And I think that gives him a leg up in terms of his confidence. Um, I think that's certainly helping him along the way. He plays with that confidence. You can see it. He goes for pass breakups. He's not afraid of these NFL receivers. Um, so he's been very impressive. I, I think he's certainly the favorite right now for that sixth spot. Um, some some injury updates. Obviously, we saw Vincent Taylor the defensive tackle go down with a ruptured Achilles, which is just really sad. Um, Vincent Taylor lost all of last season to a season-ending injury after week, like in week one, um, he got hurt, and he's he's had to deal with injuries his entire career. He's always flashed like this guy could be good, like this guy could be a starter, this guy could be a contributor. He was going to be a part of the pass rush rotation. I think I think he was one of the the primary guys. He, I think he was going to make the roster for sure. Um, so it's a blow, you know, how big of a blow, I guess it's hard to quantify. It's still early in camp so that they have time to, to, to see. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're going to sign somebody. Certainly. I don't know if it's going to be like someone big name that you guys like want to see. It's, it might be like a Darian Daniels type or something. Um, but they're going to sign another, another defensive tackle. Um, you know, I, if, if Derek Tangelo has a great camp, 
it could be him certainly that the door could now be open for someone like a Jalen Dalton to step in there who has other than fighting Jermaine Effetti, which I would think is not the wisest thing to do. Um, you know, that he's had, I think some flashes too. So, so there's a chance maybe you unearth some of those guys, but, um, there's probably going to be a signing too. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, Brian Edwards was back after just one day gone. Uh, Brian Edwards was back out there. He was wearing a yellow non-contact Jersey, which means don't hit him. Uh, and like he, he was throwing with his left hand and I don't know enough about Brian Edwards to know if he's actually left-handed. I assume it's because he injured his right shoulder. So he wasn't like throwing the ball. He was actually pretty good at throwing with his left hand. So I was like, Oh yeah, he might just be left-handed. But, um, I did see on one play, like he caught a pass in team drills, um, which is nice to see. That means he's not like super limited. He didn't play a lot with the team drills, but he did play a little bit. Um, and he wanted to spike it after he caught it and he just like stopped. He's like, no, no, I can't do that. Um, so he, and he just tossed to somebody with his other hand, but, um, I'm sure the, I'm sure the shoulder's bothering him. I'm sure it's not comfortable, but it's not keeping him from practicing. So that's great news. We'll just hope that take it easy, get into the season. Um, you know, I don't know if he'll play in the preseason, like week one or anything like that. I mean, it's only like a week, it's a little over a week away, I guess. So, um, that's exciting, but I, I, you know, they'll probably take it easy with him and be careful. And I think that's smart. Um, we did see Drake London get a really nice play, a couple really nice plays. He had one that was an 11 on 11 that I couldn't film, but Ritter hit him beautifully down downfield. I believe he was, I don't know for sure if it was zone or if it was AJ Terrell matched up with him, but he hit Ritter for like a 30 yard gain matched up with AJ Terrell in the vicinity. We'll say AJ Terrell did chase him down to, pre to prevent it from being like a massive play, but it was like a 30 yard pickup against what looked like a second string sort of unit um so that was impressive he did have a really nice catch against darren hall darren hall covered it well but again that's gonna be that's gonna be um that's gonna be london's bread and butter is if guys are on him he's still gonna make the make the catch um yeah i do see i do see your guys questions I, i'm gonna get through my notes real quick and then i'm gonna try to go back and answer at least a few of those um so we, I'll definitely try to get to some of those guys. Um, and if, if you absolutely have to have your question answered, of course you can donate. Then I'll be contractually obligated. But you know, I will try to answer some just chat questions, of course. Um, yeah, Coral Patterson had maybe the best catch. I don't know if you saw that clip. Uh, it's on. It's a, it's in the article. All of the best clips I generally put in the article, so you can go to thefalgaholic.com and read that. And that that generally has most of the best clips. I try to work those in. Uh, but Patterson, I, I, I originally said in the tweet that I thought the ball was underthrown because Tease Tabor was sort of like running ahead of Patterson. And I was like, oh, Patterson had to stop and come back for it. But I actually think it was well thrown um, by whoever the quarterback was. Uh, and Patterson really adjusted to it perfectly, caught it one handed, which I think he was flexing a little. I don't think he had to do that, uh, but he caught it one handed. Um, and it was it was beautiful. I could watch that catch all day. Um so props to Patterson. He doesn't get a lot of reps. He gets a handful of reps. He gets like one one-on-one -on -one and maybe a, a target or two in team stuff. Uh, but they're not making Patterson play a lot. You know, that that's not – we know what he can do. We're going to keep him fresh. You know, it's it's not surprising. But he he looks good whenever he plays. So that, that's just what it is. Um, the offensive line, I'll give you guys an update on that real quick. Small shuffling again. Um, Jake Matthews at left tackle. Elijah Wilkinson at left guard, five straight days. Elijah Wilkinson is your left guard starter right now. Um, I think we can say that officially. Like, 
that doesn't mean it can't change, but I think now, instead of referring to Mayfield as the starter, Mayfield is now fighting for that job, whereas Elijah Wilkinson is now the starter, like, officially. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to start calling Wilkinson the starter from now on. Um, Matt Hennessy rotated in at center. I thought he was fine today. I thought I thought both centers have looked fine. Um, obviously, Dahlman had that rough rep against Tangelo. Hennessy had a good rep against Jalen Dalton. So, you know, if you take that into account, it's like, oh, well, maybe Hennessy looks slightly better. But we've seen, like, two days of these guys in pads. We're probably not going to get a great feel for it until the preseason, to be honest. And, of course, Chris Lindstrom at right guard and Caleb McGarry once again at right tackle. McGarry was wearing a knee brace today. He looked a little pained sometimes. So I don't know what's going on with that. I don't know if it's a new thing. I didn't notice it before. Um, but... I haven't got a great look at the offensive line most times, to be honest. Um, so, you know, I, I am surprised that we haven't seen Jermaine Effetti. Like, like I said, Effetti had a great rep against Ebicady. He stonewalled him. I think Effetti has looked good with the second team. So I'm wondering if and when we will get Effetti with the first team. I'm, I am wondering if they've sort of decided, like, we're not starting Jalen Mayfield at left guard. We're just not going to. Like, it... it it And, like, if you saw the rep today, I think we all understand, like, it... He doesn't look ready. He was always a project. Like it's it's time to sort of move on and and then hope that he develops later. Like it's it's t- it's we're done. Hopefully with the like we're gonna put him out there and hope he plays well and hope he rises to the challenge. It's now like we just need to develop him. We, he needs time. Um, and we're gonna try to come back to that later. Um, so we'll look. I think Wilkinson. They're, they're like okay, we've got left guard Wilkinson for now. We'll see how he performs in the preseason. Maybe sign someone. Whatever. At center, I, th- I think they want to get center ironed out. And they we might not know until after the first preseason game there. But I think they want to get that spot ironed out. And once they do, I think then we might see the right tackle shift. Because I think they want to... I think they're deliberately doing, like, minimal changes at a time. Because if you change, like, three guys in the offensive line, and we talked about this on an earlier show, like, if you switch, like, three positions, you're just playing two different offensive lines entirely. You can't really compare it to yesterday's film if you've got like five like a a different offensive line that's just a different offensive line that's not seeing who's better in the context of the offensive line you're just sort of like switching an entire unit out um so i think it's smart to to move one guy around every day um and, and it seems like it's it's basically center now that they're that they're trying to get ironed out and once they do that maybe then we will see right tackle because th- these guys are both veterans, you know, I, I think with, with Dahlman and Hennessy, they're both younger players, you know, I think it's more valuable to get them both reps with the starters, whereas, like, Ifedi and McGarry, they're, like, four-year, you know, three, four-year vets plus, like, McGarry, is like, a six-year vet, so, like, they don't necessarily need to get, like, a huge amount of, of snaps with the first team to be ready to go, like, they could put Ifedi in as an emergency guy, um, and uh, I think they'd be okay. Like, so I think they're, they're good. They could be more patient with right tackle basically is what I'm trying to say. Um, so that's, that's sort of what we're doing there. I, I think we'll see uh, hopefully, right? Like at least if Eddie get a chance, I mean, I'm not saying like, Oh, McGarry can't win the job. I'll be pissed off if he wins the job. I would just like to see him get a chance. That's all. Um, all right. We got Sev to who is, you know, it says it's from Tom. So we're going to go with Tom. Um, I'm going to go with Tom. That's easier. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Tom. Thank you so much, Tom, with the $5. Uh, he says, thanks, Kevin, for all that you do. Keep bringing the great Falcons updates. You're so welcome. Thank you so much for your support. Um, yeah, even when I'm not at camp, we'll still have our show. Um, I will I will be doing a, like, Monday pod 
recapping stuff, and then I will be doing the live show, and then of course we'll have our preseason play-by-plays, and then during the season we'll have our live post games, of course. Um, so there will be more content. It won't be it won't be as much as it is now. Obviously, if I'm not gonna be there, I can't. You know, reading Rothstein's notes or something. Um, it's not gonna give me enough content to come on here and talk for an hour every day. It's just not. It's just not gonna be the same. Um, and I know that's disappointing. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Like, tell tell your wife we're moving to Atlanta. Yeah, no, I, I can't do that, Corey. I like Syracuse, to be honest. Um, you know, I like I like Atlanta. I certainly do. Um, I but I think if I don't like the traffic, and I've experienced it like a handful of times going to and from the branch, and like I've already sort of gotten pissed off at with it. So like I think maybe I need small doses of Atlanta. That's the best situation right now. But uh, it's certainly tempting. I mean, I I love covering the team. Um, if there's ever any like remote stuff that opens with them, I certainly would would consider it. You know, shout out to you know the Falcons people that are watching. But uh, yeah. Uh, Joe Schmo, I do. I love Joe. Uh, thanks for thanks for your comments, Joe. It's always a lot of fun. Uh, Kevin, has the past game focus been more on short, intermediate, or deep vertical? It's been a it's been a mix for sure, Joe. And I've been told not to talk too much about the schematic stuff. Like I tweeted out a couple of like, oh, this guy's motioning here, and we're doing this and that, and they got kind of mad. They're like, please don't tweet scheme stuff. They're fine with the clips. They just don't want me to actually spell it out. I don't. I guess you know whatever. So, like, I, I'm hesitant to say too much, but th- there was definitely a, a mix, like a pretty even split, I would say. You know, I think in, in some in the in the earlier days, there was more short stuff, certainly. Um, there was a lot of, you know, dump offs to the running back, a lot of check downs. But they've as they've gotten more installed, I think, and more comfortable, we've seen a lot more deep shots mixed in. Um, so I, I think that it's it's going to be varied, certainly. But uh you know, the Falcons monitor social media, guys. Like, I don't... Every NFL team is. They're monitoring every clip that comes out. Um, so, like, if you're at practice and you're filming, when you know, if they tell you fans not to film and you do, like, they will get on you probably. I guess I don't know. But, you know, just just keep that in mind. Like, they definitely watch. They look for the clips that are coming out of practice. So, um, yeah, Joe, I'm, I'm interested, too, to see who it will be right now. It seems like Zacchaeus is, like, the favorite. I think Demir Bird will be involved as well. And then, obviously, you've got, like, a different type of deep, different types of deep threats with, like, Drake London, who they've certainly targeted deep. He's not, like, a burner, but he's got that big catch radius, and he wins in that way, same as, like, a Brian Edwards. So, like, I, th- I think they'll have a lot of ways they can attack deep that are different. You know, Zacchaeus, more the speed and, and agility. Bird, more the deep speed, the pure speed. And then you've got, like, London and Edwards, who are just the big, nasty, physical dudes. So, um, you know, that that's... I'm interested to see how it actually shakes out, but those are certainly the top guys, clearly, right now. Um, does, uh, let's see, skin skint back? I don't know what that is, but I, I probably butchered it. I'm sorry. Uh, does the O-line look like they've improved any? I do think left guard looks better with Elijah Wilkinson. I don't know um, in terms of, like... It's hard to say because it's early. First day they got they got pantsed. Um, you know, day two it was much more even. Um, so I'm, I'm encouraged by that. You know, we'll see how that continues. I'm gonna get one more look, I believe, at a padded practice tomorrow, and then it's really gonna be preseason uh, that we're gonna that'll be our next big look. Um, and really for the offensive defensive lines, like preseason and the the joint practices, that's gonna be your best opportunity to look. Um, there's only so much you can glean from limited contact and the pads do help certainly, but there's it's, it's, it is still limited to be honest. 
um jay Dias or dias i think it's Dias, right um has stanley berryhill looked like a solid slot stanley berryhill has looked great stanley berryhill has been very impressive with the pads on no drop off same stuff he did have his first drop of camp today uh but he's caught a lot of passes from the second team he was like if you read um my notes like ritter was going to berry hill all the time like he like ritter trusts ritter is like if drake london's out there he's gonna throw it to drake london but like a lot of times working with the second team ritter has berry hill and he's got cameron batson and he's got felipe franks and those seem to be his preferred guys um he loves berry hill they uh they 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 target Barry Hill all the time. I think he looks sharp with his routes. I think he has great hands. I think he he goes up and gets it. Barry Hill, I think, is the number one practice squad guy right now. Um, you know, not notwithstanding if they only keep five receivers, because then it's probably like either you know Audentator Kadero Hodge is probably the first guy they put on the practice squad or try to. Uh, where so Barry Hill might be like the number two, but in terms of like the guys that are like purely. Pre- like, I don't know that Barry Hill could make the roster. I just think it's too crowded. But I think he absolutely is the favorite for the practice squad. No questions asked. He's been he's been very impressive. And I know Dave Chill will be happy about that because he loves great names. And Stanley Barry Hill Jr. is like, that's A-plus name for sure. Um, Brian Smith asking, do you think if we lose, they fire Smith? And I don't know how to quantify that. Like, if they lose once, if they lose, like, 10 times, they lose all 17 games. Like, if they go 0-17, like, we we could have that conversation. That's not going to happen. Um, you know, I, I don't think there's any realistic scenario where Smith gets fired unless it's some, like, off-field crazy thing. And we're not going to, we're not going to entertain that sort of craziness. We've had enough of that in Atlanta this year. Um, so I, I really think Smith is safe completely i think the the team has a ton of faith in him i think blank has a ton of faith in him and you know that we've seen it blank blank gives these guys a long leash he doesn't pull the plug on coaches quickly um as Corey said it's too soon to pull the plug on smith like oh they're definitely not firing him if they're 500 they'll i think everyone expects them to be 500 like even i feel like i'm high on them and i expect them to win six games so um the schedule is really brutal. Everyone knows, like, they have the most dead cap of any team in NFL history, and it's not close. It's, like, $20 million more than the next closest team. Um, they, like, everyone knows what, what it is here, what limits are put on them. We just need to see, like, life and competitiveness and, like, you know, a solid effort. And we need to see building blocks appear. Um, and I think that's all that we're looking for. Like, if they, they could win two games, like like USA Today is predicting. Cordero Patterson threw shade at that, by the way. That was pretty funny. Um, but, uh, like, as long as they look competent, and, you know, they even if they only win, like, three, four, five games, if they, if they look competent, if they look competitive, even if they don't win all these games, I think, I think that uh, Smith is totally fine. Like, I, I'm not at all concerned about that. Um so, yeah, I don't think he's in danger. Um, it's not like you know the Simpsons meme, like <laughs> I'm in danger. You know that one. That, that's a good. That's a good show. You know Simpsons, good show, good meme. Um, Connor with the twenty dollars, brother. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate that. He says, uh, just wanted to say thanks for your work this year, bro. Killed the coverage. One stop shop for Falcons takes. Job well done. Get some Hattie B's to eat before you leave. Killer chicken sandwich, mac and cheese, and scofflaw. I have had scofflaw. I did get some scofflaw the other day. Um, it was good. I'm a big fan. 
of craft beer. Um, yeah, I, I, I doubt I'll be able to get anywhere because I have to go to practice, then come back, get all my crap. You know, I showed you guys my setup here. I have to pack up all my crap and then get on and then go to the airport because I, I do have a late flight. Like, I have time to get there, but, like, there's not a lot of time for, for, for sitting around or anything like that. So, um, but I'll have to add Hattie B's to the restaurant before that, that does, like, to, to the list. It does sound familiar. Um, and I'm definitely going to make an effort to get down here for a game, um, you know, a game or two. Um, yeah, I've, I've gone through, like, a whole entire tube of sunscreen, Corey. Like, and I still am a little bit crispy. Like, I, I wore long sleeves today uh to help just because it just was the sunscreen was starting to lose its effect so um let's see other little notes here before we wrap up um mike ford is has been the starting slot um which is i don't know that it's super meaningful because i think they're working isaiah oliver back in isaiah oliver has been out there he's with the twos he's wearing his knee brace he doesn't look full speed yet um so I think they're working him back slowly, and and Aaron Freeman touched on it to, on yesterday on I guess it came out this morning his pod from yesterday that came out this morning. Um, Mike Ford is gonna make this roster as a, a key special teamer, and I think they want him to be their primary backup in the slot, whereas Darren Hall maybe will be their primary outside start like like guy um, as a backup. So I think that they want to get him as many reps with the starters as possible so that he can go in there and like. Ford is a more limited quarterback, certainly, than the starters, you know, but I think Ford has been as good, like, I think he's been fine, um, you know, I don't think he's been overly impressive, but I, I think he's been fine, I think he's absolutely fine as, like, a cornerback four or five, um, so I, I, I'm fine with that, and we'll see how Oliver progresses, I think Oliver will still be the starter, but it's just something to, to monitor how quickly Oliver comes back. What is your brew count for the day? Well, Buffalo Wild Wings was like out of like all the three. Like I, I think I asked for three different beers and they were out of all of them. But I did get a tall Allagash White there. And then um, two. Well, I'm on the third one. I guess this would be the third one. But, you know, don't count beers. Okay. Not cool. That's always sunny reference. So yeah, for those of you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I think it's like the third one. Um, you know, I, I got to have some kind of fuel for the takes, certainly. Um all right. Yeah, we talked about Algier. We talked about Felipe Franks being the goat. Uh, you know, just this like a like I don't know. I can't I can't describe it. But Felipe Franks, like Felipe Franks, is legit. Like that. There's no other way to say it. Uh, we'll see if it carries over into the preseason. That's the next step. Um, yeah, Joe. I mean, like honestly, like Alford may by the end of camp be in that conversation. Um, certainly, I think that uh, that Alford has been very impressive. I think that they're sort of making him earn it. Yeah, I think Mike Ford. I think they know Mike Ford's gonna make it as the 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 like the the gunner and like a depth guy. So they want to give him the snaps. I think early on, but I I would not be surprised if if Alford mixes in there as an actual and like can Alford play special teams? I don't see why he couldn't. But um, you know, I I haven't seen what who they're playing on special teams yet, so I just don't know. Um, but yeah, Felipe Franks. Like this is no longer a joke. Like this is this is no longer like an end of roster project sort of thing this is not felipe franks of last year where he came in and was just like this guy is uh you know this is disappointing like why is he out there he's never played tight end before like franks has taken to tight end very quickly and even um who was it that mentioned it somebody mentioned it i think it was uh mariota who was asked about you know felipe transitioning to uh or maybe it was kyle pitts i can't remember it was one of the top guys it was like you know how has it been for Felipe to transition to, 
to tight end and he was like it hasn't been hard for him at all like <laughs> Felipe is like the smartest dude on the team like he he's like I think honestly it's been easy for him like he already knows the offense because he's a quarterback like it's it, he's a natural he's a great athlete so like um and Felipe is an amazing athlete like if you guys haven't if you guys haven't looked at Felipe Frank's RAS you can run it at tight end by the way like it's pretty easy um to run any player at any position if you pull up their RAS open it there's like a little drop down box. I don't think you can do it on mobile. You probably have to get it on your your desktop or your laptop or whatever. But you can do run as different position, enter in anyone you want. As a quarterback, Franks is like a nine, like a ninety fifth percentile athlete. He's you know nuts. Um, at quarterback, he is a, an eighty first percentile athlete or an eighty second. But that's with him at his quarterback weight of two thirty two thirty four. And he's probably like 240 at least now, 250. And if you put him at 250, he's probably like a 9-plus RAS. So um, obviously a very, very high-end athlete at tight end. His 4.61, his and we talked about this. Like People were like, Michael Walker's only running a 4.65. Like That's why he's so slow. Like Felipe Franks ran a 4.61. That is a 93rd percentile speed for a tight end. So don't compare other tight ends and linebackers' speeds to Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is his own thing, like his own special player. Franks is definitely like, and Franks definitely weighs more now. He looks like a tight end. Like he doesn't look like a quarterback anymore. He's big. Um, so like it might stand to, to, to reason that like some of the testing is a little, probably a little bit slower, right? If he's put on like 15 pounds, but like, he's still going to be really fast, really athletic for a tight end. Um, for sure. Who's emerging as the blocking tight end? Uh, right now it's Parker Hesse. Parker Hesse is the tight end three. They've thrown the ball to him quite a bit too. Um, I think they they like him. John Fitzpatrick is like gradually getting more and more reps. You know, they're gonna they usually make the rookies earn it if you're not like a premium pick. Like they they didn't make Drake London like pretend that he wasn't a starter. But uh, I think eventually Fitzpatrick is like better as a pure blocker. But I think they like Parker Hesse too. I think all four of those guys like. Pitts, obviously, Ferkser, uh, Hesse, and Fitzpatrick. I think all four of those guys make the roster and play, you know, regularly. Um, all right. Yeah, and I mentioned it. You know, Barry Hill, I think, is, like, the leader for the practice squad right now. He's been very good. And then Jerry Bernhardt's the other guy. He had two, like, really good passes today or catches. Maybe he could – he played quarterback too, right? Uh, so maybe he could throw. Uh, but, uh, you know, Bernhardt also has looked good. And everything I've heard – from the team this is from from the team from you know other folks you know not necessarily like coaches or whatever just people you talk to in the tent like they love Bernhardt they they love Bernhardt they really like his potential I think they like him as a person so he is I think he's in their plans for the practice squad certainly um we'll see how it goes obviously over the over the uh yeah Dwight is asking like oh what about Felipe at tight end that they're gonna call him a quarterback and they'll keep a third quarterback like Arthur Smith has said, they're going to continue listing him at quarterback. Like they're not going to change his designation. He's effectively a tight end that like could be an emergency quarterback. So it's sort of like the math is a little bit different, but yeah, I mean, I think like Felipe will also be involved as the third quarterback, you know, probably playing tight end. I don't know like how high up on the depth chart he'll be, but I mean, if he keeps playing like this, he's going to sort of force his way up. Right. So we'll see how that goes. Um, yeah, guys, I think that's all my notes for today. Uh, I think that's all the, the major stuff. Certainly appreciate everyone for hanging out. Like I said, please do like and subscribe. We really appreciate all that stuff. Uh, 
leave a comment after the show's over. That helps that helps appease the uh, YouTube, you know, comment algo gods for whatever reason. Uh, shout out to all like 130 of you that are hanging out. Like I said, um, do uh, you know? Do come back like for the other coverage. You know, we don't just stop recording once training camp ends. Like uh, in season, we always have our Wednesday show. That's sort of been the flagship program. Um, but like, I think this year we're going to, I'm going to be doing more podcast stuff since I've taken over the podcast. So, um, there'll probably be a Monday podcast possibly, or like a two, you know, something like that. I think, I think at least there's going to be the Wednesday show, a Friday sort of game preview podcast, and then a post game, like the live post game, like, like you guys are used to the live post game is always a lot of fun. The Friday show, we're going to make it fun. And maybe we'll do an early week show too, if there's enough sort of demand for it um you know that i've been asked at times to do a daily pod i just don't think that there's enough content personally like i mean you guys can let me know like i mean if you want an episode every day i mean for training camp there's clearly enough content that we could talk about it every day but i feel like during the season it's like there's nothing really happens from monday until wednesday wednesday you get like a walkthrough you know then maybe you get an injury update or something but there's just not enough content um, so I think like three to four shows a week is probably the sweet spot, but I mean, you guys can always leave me your feedback. Um, do you want to get in? Yeah, no, I don't, I don't want to do a daily pod. <laughs> I, I've seen what Aaron does and Aaron does a great job of making enough content for that, but I, I'm not about that life. You know, I, I have to write, Aaron doesn't write, you know, so <laughs> I have to write stuff every day too. So I, I don't got time for that. Um, but, uh, Aaron used to write. It's not that he can't, but it, it, you know, he's, he's clearly embrace the the daily podcast life uh pratt parker with the ten dollars thank you so much man uh long time listener first time commenter listen to every podcast thanks for the, all the great work gotta say i want to see some tenacity in the training camp interviews get in there and grill art yeah he did uh he did like chide me the other day for not asking him any questions so then the next day i did i, I asked him uh well i think i actually asked uh fontenot because he wasn't there in the morning but i asked fontenot about brian edwards so that was the breaking brian edwards is actually injured news thankfully he was only out for like a day uh so i'm happy to have broken you know not terrible injury news but um yeah that's where we are thank you so much for your donations guys if you want to donate uh to the fund you can do so at our Streamlabs link in the show description for those of you listening to the podcast you can also do it if you prefer like venmo uh, the link to that is on my Twitter. You can do like the Twitter tip thing. I think it just takes you right to Venmo or whatever. It did work for like a couple of people that tried. So it should be working. Um, that works just fine. Um, so if you'd rather just do that, that that's fine too. Uh, whatever you want, honestly. You know, if you want to send it to me, you know, via Stork or something, I'll, I'll accept that. I don't know where to put your Stork. I don't know how to get the Stork back to you. But, you know, we can figure it out, I guess. Um and then, yeah, you obviously the Patreon's an option too. If you guys want to support us on a monthly basis, patreon.com slash Live. We're, we're recruiting for those fantasy leagues. So if you're interested in getting in, uh, get in there, join up. All tiers have access. Um, and uh, yeah, we I think we have almost two 10 team leagues filled up now. So we, we're going to, we'll take it to 12. And then uh, if I'll, I'll just, I'll just put my Venmo in the chat for you. But, you know, I'll put it in there. I believe. Look for me and like, camo like camouflage if you see that you know it's me but i think this is the right one um so yeah i'm, I'm wearing like my full airsoft getup with my uh, multi-cam arid so shout out to anybody that knows what multi-cam arid looks like but it's a great camouflage pattern um so yeah i would love to talk to stampede blue um so i'll, I'll see how dw is doing and all that and we, maybe we can get that going I would, I would enjoy that too um 
So yeah. Well, guys, tomorrow will be my last day at the branch this year. Um, I'm excited, and and you know it's bittersweet, but it's gonna be a good time. I'm excited to see. Yeah, there's a lot of Kevin Knights on Venmo. Absolutely, there are. Um, but yeah, it's like with the twelve on the end with the dashes. Like if you if you just copy and paste that, it should it should get you where you need to go. Um, and look for the airsoft cosplay picture. Um, maybe I'll put uh, like my Mass Effect costume as the the photo, so you have no question that it's definitely me. Um, you know, shout out if anyone's gonna be at Dragon Con uh, in a couple weeks, I will I will be there in full regalia, you know, full uh, costume. So you know, if you're into that life, uh, hit me up. You know, I'll, I'd be happy to take a picture with you in my my full costume from Mass Effect. Uh, so that'll be fun too. But until, you know, Dragon Con, until tomorrow's practice, uh, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Like I said, Kevin Knight at Falcoholic. Kevin, check out the site, thefalcoholic.com. Uh, and, yeah, looking forward to the last day. Uh, I think it's going to be a good one, hopeful. And then uh, there probably won't be a show tomorrow. I don't think I'll be able to squeeze it in. If, I, if the Wi-Fi is strong enough at the airport, I'll try because I'll be there for like two hours. But I'm skeptical that the air, the airport Wi-Fi will be sufficient for this. Uh, so, you know, you might have to wait a day or two uh, once I get back. But, you know, thank you guys so much for your support. Uh, there will be there'll be takes. There'll be the article for sure. Uh, and then we'll sort of transition to our, you know, Afar coverage. I know Adnan will be back on Saturday to get to... <laughs> my middle name does not start with a K. No, my parents were not that stupid. Uh, my mom actually grew up in Birmingham, so she knew all about that particular combination of three letters and not to go anywhere near it uh so yeah don't don't worry about that my middle name is michael uh so you know it's an m it's it's kmk is, is my initials so but uh yeah thank you guys again uh i can probably just rant and and feed off the chat forever and it's fun uh, and I, I enjoy it so uh i'm looking forward to next show whenever that is i will see you guys then um and uh yeah look for look for tomorrow's stuff all over the site falcock.com again and uh, thank you guys. Uh, I will I will talk to you soon. All right. Have a good night.